Welcome to the Point is to Serve podcast series. We exist to encourage you towards a vibrant and active faith in Jesus Christ. For more information about the Point is to Serve ministry, visit our website at thepointistoserve.org. Join us now for this week's teaching. Good morning. Always good to be with our Point family. Uh, I was trying to remember the last time I was here, and I remembered it was last summer. Joel's installation service out in the parking lot. Does that seem like yesterday or a thousand years ago? Uh, depending on. A lot of things have happened since then. Uh, so it's good to be here, um, and I'm thankful I can uh, fill in for Joel today. Certainly glad uh, that he's part of our spiritual leadership out at camp. Uh, we're thankful for him and uh, thank you for praying for our camp and, and everybody out there. We always prayed at our church that, that everybody at Camp Judson would just grow closer and closer to God. Amen? Amen. 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 And uh, when I was in the Air Force, I was in supply. And there was a term called suitable substitute. That meant if you couldn't get the right part that you wanted, there may be a suitable substitute uh, that, that worked for whatever you needed it for. I feel like I'm a suitable substitute today for Joel. We'll let you know. Thank you, Max. <laughs> Max the encourager, I think, right? Well, there we go. All right. Yeah, so um, I'm going to share our text. It's just one verse. Um, and that verse is a, v- a very well-known verse, Proverbs 27, 17. And that verse reads, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart Be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. When I graduated from eighth grade, do they still do that? Yeah? Good. Uh, My parents gave me this living Bible for my graduation gift. And my mother wrote something very nice in the Bible. And I just remember my dad in his most nurturing, succinct tone that he normally had said, read Proverbs. (laughs) Now, as I've gotten older, I understand there was a lot of wisdom in that direction. Uh, Proverbs is a great book for a young man to read. Uh, It's just full of good practical wisdom uh, for how to live life God's way, the best way. And Dad knew that. Dad was a very practical, wise man. And um, it's written by King Solomon. Proverbs is written by King Solomon. You're doing a series on Proverbs, right? Yep. 
So, you know, Solomon was recognized as the wisest king, wisest man in his day. He was celebrated by uh, his people and people from all over the world. Uh, they would come to uh, learn from Solomon and uh, seek out his opinions and rulings and advice. In fact, we just don't have biblical uh, literature that tells us that. There are also writings from Arabia and Ethiopia that talk about King Solomon and his great wisdom. So, so this is a guy you might want to listen to. And I think the Living Bible was a good idea for me too as well. Some of you who are Bible scholars understand, well, that's a paraphrase. Yeah, it's also easy to understand. Here's Proverbs 10, verse 26, in the King James Version, which would have been the other Bible that my church gave me when I was baptized as a, as a little boy. Here's what that verse says. As vinegar to the teeth and as smoke to the eyes, so is the sluggard to them that send him. I'm pretty sure as an eighth grader I would have went, huh? In fact, I'm pretty sure as an adult with a master's of divinity degree I would have went, huh? Here's what that verse reads in the Living Bible. A lazy fellow is a pain to his employers. <laughs> like smoke in the eyes or vinegar that sets the teeth on edge. Well, that we all understand, don't we? That's the point of the Bible is to understand it. So, so I'm thankful for this gift. Thankful for uh, my parents. All that good stuff along the way. And in trying to be... Uh, a, a good man of God as God gifts us all in a way. I've always tried to, to think about things very clearly and simply so that, so that I can understand. And then I try to help other folks understand things. So as I approach this text today, this one verse that's very well known as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another, I want to leave you with the Randy translation of that verse, which is, good people make each other better. Amen? Amen? Simple to understand. We get that concept. But this one verse is very rich in foundational truths that are taught all throughout the Bible. And those truths are one, we are created for community. Two, we are called to grow. And three, we are significantly influenced by those around us. So I want to talk about that today. Um, one of the lyrics of our song was, uh, we're made to, for, to be together, right, John? Yeah. Um, we're created for community. That's the way God created us. I don't think it's an overstatement to say that the major theme of the Bible is right relationships, being in right relationships with God, with others, even with ourselves. The Bible even talks about having relationships with our enemies. So 
That's, the Bible's all about relationships. We are created for community. These major themes of love and unity and the body of Christ, they all assume this context of community. Even the Godhead, which is, you know, has plenty of mystery to it, uh, the three in one, the Holy Trinity, the three all in this perfect, somehow loving relationship with each other, is a picture of community. Even God exists in community. And since we are made in the image of God, we are created for community. We need each other. We're more like God together than we ever are on our own. Have you ever thought about that? When Jesus said, where two or three are gathered, I'm there among them. Well, we know Jesus is with us when we're alone, too. I think part of what that verse means is the understanding of, but when we're together, we're more like God. Yeah. We need each other. We need each other, and one of the reasons, as our verse is teaching us today, is nobody gets it all. There's no one person in the world where we get to go to them and they go, well, they know everything. We'll just ask that person. We got some people who think that's the way it should work. But we need each other. The body of Christ. Amen. Amen. Proverbs 15.22 says, Plans fail for the lack of counsel. But with many advisors, they succeed. So there's this general truth here. If, you know, if you've got a big decision, something tough in your life, something big, important, even small things, ask some other folks what they think. There's good success in many advisors. It's a good general principle. Maybe in your study of Proverbs, you've kind of talked about how these are general truths. They are generally true. Because sometimes there's some exceptions. Just to name one, we even have a biblical example of an exception to this wise counsel thing. Remember when the Israelites were delivered from Egypt and they were going to the promised land, God said, go, the land is yours, go take it. And they sent spies. And they sent 12 and 12 came back, and two said, land is incredible. God is with us. Let's go. Remember the story? The other 10 said, really big people live there. Let's not go. So sometimes more advisors doesn't work as well as it should. A modern-day example of that would be the Space Shuttle Challenger, which is a good psychological understanding and study of groupthink. In other words, we trust ourselves and we do so well together so often that at some point we stop critically thinking as well as we should. That's groupthink. So, we need each other. We need each other. Every person should have good folks in their lives, family, friends, church family, mentors, advisors that they can go to 
and get some wise counsel. That's the way it's supposed to work in church, too. We do these things together, and together we're better. And it's not a failure to ask for help. That's the way God made us, better together. God also uh, expects his people to grow. 2 Corinthians 3.18 teaches us that a major work of the Holy Spirit is to work in us in such a way that we all, as followers and disciples of Jesus, become more and more like Jesus. That's the work of the Spirit, one of the major works of the Spirit. So making us more like Christ. Are you there yet? Are you finished? Do you have the patience of Jesus Christ? You do. Fantastic. God's still working on me. Yeah. Do you have the generosity, the faithfulness, the compassion, the forgiveness, the humility of Jesus? That's the Spirit's work. Jesus is the standard. And that's what the Spirit is trying to work in all of us. Grow. God wants his people to grow and mature to become more like Christ. By the way, does anyone know the biological term for an organism that is not Growing. What? Correct. Dead. Yeah. Jesus expects his people to grow. So, one of the ways that the Holy Spirit helps us in this way is to give us people who sharpen us. That's one of the ways. And our text today suggests that this sharpening can be a little rough. At times, I'm going to use one of the classic illustrations for this verse. This is kind of an old time sermon. I have props, I don't have slides. I'll lower this so you can see it. Everybody knows what this is, right? It's the butcher's steel, it's how you sharpen a knife, it's iron against iron. And there's some abrasion here, right? There's some friction here. And it's beneficial. My wife is glad she's getting her knife sharpened this morning. Right. That's the way it works. Mutually beneficial friction is a principle that we see that God is using for us to sharpen each other. And there is a little roughness to it. It can be rough at times. It can be challenging. Uh, It can be hard. It can be like this iron sharpening iron principle. But it's necessary to grow, to change. Any hardness in a good discussion 
is meant to be beneficial. Challenging discussions between friends and family and are, are supposed to stimulate our hearts and minds and deepen our understandings. It seems like more and more folks don't understand the difference between a challenge and an attack. You know, if every disagreement is an attack, how do we grow? How do we understand in anything or even each other? Now, we all know there's right and there's wrong, and, and sure. But there's a lot of gray area, too. You know, how about we listen? How about we discuss? How about we learn? How about we get better? How about that? And that might be a little abrasive at times. And if we're better at the end of that, praise the Lord. But we can't look at every hard discussion as if it's an attack. Attacks are meant to harm or destroy. And there are attacks. You've got to have the wisdom to know the difference. Iron sharpening iron means that a friend is trying to help improve. And may God bless us to know the difference. Because we all need people in our lives to help us have these challenging discussions. Whether it's about marriage or parenting or, or church stuff or work or friends, whatever that is, wherever we are, whatever relationship that is, we need to grow together. We need these challenging discussions and we need to help make each other better as a result of that. Good people make each other better. The last foundational truth I want to talk about is that we are significantly influenced by those around us. As my mother would say, careful who you hang around. Right? She knew. Depending on who I'm hanging around... <laughs> she might notice how that has an effect on me. Be careful who you hang around. Proverbs 13.20 says, Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. 1 Corinthians 15.33 puts it this way, Don't be deceived. Bad company ruins good character. So in other words, the flip side of good people making each other better, bad people make each other worse. Somebody's out there thinking, well, Jesus hung around with the, the drunkards and the gluttons and the tax collectors. Yeah, but he didn't spend the most time with those folks. That wasn't the point. The point is that he was ministering to them. He loved them. He had compassion for them. Jesus wasn't shaped by those folks. He also wasn't shaped by the Pharisees, nor did he hang around them. 
Jesus spent the most time with those who accepted his teachings. Jesus even went to his own hometown, his folks. And the Bible says he couldn't do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. They despised Jesus. Who is this carpenter's son who thinks he can come here and do miracles? Jesus didn't hang around. He left and went to be with folks who would receive his goodness. Careful who you hang around. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. In the Old Testament, we see God giving instruction after instruction to his people to not do like the wicked people. It's a principle. Careful who you hang around. Who you're around makes a significant difference on who you are. When I was in high school, we had band practice at the beginning of the day. Not sure why that was that way in the schedule, but that's the way it was. And typically, we had a piano in our, our band room, and we would uh, all tune to the piano, right? And this particular day, someone had wheeled the piano out. I don't know where it went. But we didn't have the piano, and our band instructor, Mr. Gordon, was late. So our first trumpet, who had no lack of confidence, said, let's everybody tune to me. All right, so the whole band tuned to the first trumpet. Mr. Gordon came in. Everybody ready? Yep. We in tune? Yep. All right, take out whatever piece of music we were supposed to play. And for as fast as we started that song, Mr. Gordon, we're done. Stop. I thought you said you were in tune. He gets out his little pitch pipe. I didn't bring that as a prop. And, you know, what we found out is that we were certainly all in tune with the first trumpet. But we were not in tune with the correct pitch. Who are the people in your life who help you stay in tune with the correct pitch? Who are the people in your life who get you out of tune with the correct pitch? It's worth thinking about. God knows we are significantly influenced by those around us. The Bible clearly teaches us to pay attention to those influences. Because it works like this. Do you want to be shallow? Hang around some shallow folks. You want to be greedy? Hang around greedy folks. You want to be narrow-minded? Hang around narrow-minded folks. You want to be wise? Hang around some wise folks. Because who we hang around 
makes a difference. Wise folks will sharpen you. Apologies to those who are fans of other teams, but Mike Zimmer is the coach of the Minnesota Vikings, and actually, thank you. All right, you wouldn't be a Packers fan by any chance, would you? Oh, is Sharon coming back this year or not? Do we know? Th uh, all right. So actually, this is one of Mike Zimmer's favorite sayings, iron sharpens iron. And what he means by that is to be the best, you have to practice against the best. It's a good principle, this idea that you would have a team, a community of players that are all about trying to be the best they can be and bringing that out in each other. Vikings fans, we've had mixed results with that, as we all know. <laughs> but that's the idea of it, that we would make each other better. Iron sharpening iron. I hope and pray there's some iron in this message today. I hope and pray that something in this message has intrigued you or touched your heart or challenged you, or has, had you seen something in a different way that will sharpen you. I hope and pray that's true, because we need each other. We need each other. God made us that way. And we are to be better together. That's the way it's supposed to be. And so my prayer is that the Holy Spirit will work in all of our lives to sharpen us and to make us more like Jesus. And then, of course, we will be better together. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Point is to Serve podcast series. For more information about pursuing a relationship with Jesus Christ or information about the Point is to Serve ministry, visit our website at thepointistoserve.org. Thank you and God bless.